previously on my best friend's journal. Merlot and I um, hooked up and he was so cute. I had such a crush on him. He had just the most perfect dick. <laughs> Michael can kick his face. I was drunk in ballet once in college, <laughs> did a split that I couldn't do and broke something and I've had a split ever since. <laughs> he did a jump and he did a kick and then because of all the momentum, he falls. <laughs> Met a guy. You met a guy. I did. He was into it. He um, left me his number. He said, we're going out later and you should join us when you're off. I'm like, I'm going to go. So, Good for you. Thank you. Proud of myself. Proud um, of you. I waited for like a half an hour. At that point, I was like, okay, he's no longer into it or he's too drunk or whatever. So mm-hmm. I just went home. Real, real blue balls moment. Real let real down. blue balls. We did have that one Fire Island weekend surrounded by gays. Everything is like inhibitions are at the door. Things are going on that are unacceptable anywhere else and everyone is down. We're going to Palm Springs. It's going to take Mike most of the week preceding that trip just to tame his body hair. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're going to take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. He was just in a full caftan in a wig drinking coffee. <laughs> Morning. <laughs> Is that where we're starting? <laughs> you press record. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. I'm Mike. And we'll explain that in a second. <laughs> we're just sitting here reminiscing about a weekend in Palm Springs. It was lovely. Happy Pride. It's kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's November 5th. It's a weird time to say happy Pride, but. It's hot in Palm Springs. I got to do it in the fall. Yep. So we celebrated Pride this weekend. We just, uh, we've spent a lot of time together over the past few days. So much. Normally we're catching up over this time, but now we're just reminiscing over what we just finished. <laughs> it's a weird way to say that. Yes, we had a joyful Pride <laughs> weekend. We had a lot of fun, and uh, which is good because we had the, our expectations were high. We've been planning on this for a while. We have. And I got to say, so, I mean, it was a weekend full of, um, you know, drinking and it wasn't crazy party. Weekend, I was, but yeah, we, I almost said debauchery and I was like, it wasn't. It wasn't like particularly debaucherous. We did. I mean, we, we, we tried. <laughs> we drank quite. You tried. Uh, we, we drank and we sat in the hot tub and we went out and all that kind of stuff. But um, I was I was tired, maybe a little underslept on the way home yesterday. But all I could think about was how like full my heart felt. <laughs> I felt really just happy. There's a very specific kind of, um, I almost want to say like euphoria about spending a weekend with some of your best gays, just completely where you can be yourself in a way. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. It's, it's almost like we, what we talk about with that Fire Island weekend. It's like it's it's this rare, beautiful thing that that fills up my heart in a very specific way. There is something to that, and I, I don't know how to put it other than there's a difference between being surrounded by not only your gaze, but like a community of gays and your like best non gaze. I have my non gaze. I start calling everyone that who's not gay. <laughs> I have such a wealth of wonderful friends who are 
not gay. <laughs> it's a family who is accepting and wonderful. And I, there's just a different vibe. I can't, for instance, wear the swimsuits that I was wearing this weekend in front of those straight people who wouldn't care. They don't, they don't care what I do. They are, they are happy to have me be me, but like there is a different freedom I feel just knowing that I'm surrounded by others who literally, like, not just don't care, but, like, are probably going to join me in a minute or two. There's something really freeing and glorious about this idea that there are, there's a house full of gays. Also, it's specifically different in a place like Fire Island or a Palm Springs where it is a gay destination, so the community is very gay as well. But um, going to this place, this kind of oasis, literally an oasis in the middle of the desert, and not feeling like a spectacle if you want to be the like feminist nanciest kind of like nanciest. like lean into the like every bit of gayness that you have like no one fucking cares that you like you said they're gonna join you what i was saying when we started recording i woke up one morning and wandered out into the living room and i looked out on the patio and our friend daniel shout out to daniel friend of the podcast um he was sitting on the porch in a vintage caftan and a mullet <laughs> wig with a cup of coffee he looked a lot like uh, when Robin Williams is is becoming Mrs. Doubtfire and is trying different outfits on, he looks like the Barbra Streisand version. Yes, exactly. Also, he's from Long Island, and he does a mean impression of his mom that sounds a lot like Barbra Streisand. Her name is not Teresa, but we call her Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, she is now Teresa. That was the Pride Parade morning, which we did attend. We yeah. made it a point. We almost didn't. I was like, I don't feel like it, because the hot tub was so lovely, and the company was great. But, but you had an outfit to wear, so we had to go. I hadn't. <laughs> I did have an outfit to wear, and also I had never been to a Pride Parade, so I was like, Just- I... A cry and shame. I know. So now that is no longer true and I have. So there. Barely. We stood in the corner for a second and then got Bloody Marys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you outed us, but you're right. We uh, didn't get to the parade early enough to get a prime spot. So we watched it happen for a little bit and we're like, you know what? What? No, it sounds better than sitting on this random street corner. A drink. So we got one. Yeah, it was delicious. Our walk down, I was the bell of the ball. <laughs> you were the bell of the empty street. Yeah, it was just me. So streets were deserted. Everyone was at the parade. Mike was like, this is my runway. <laughs> For all that talk of my supportive gay community with me, none of them dressed up. They're all in t-shirts and shorts. Okay, Cam's making a face because he had a slightly tighter than usual tank on. Also, it's not our first rodeo with the pride parade. We didn't feel like we had to go in full regalia. You, You're not help- <laughs> you are not helping your cause. You should know if it's not your first rodeo. <laughs> you should know if it's not your first rodeo that you are expected to dress up. You put that expectation on us. Anyway, I was not going down there like a straighty. I wore Michaela's tiny, tiny white overalls, and that was it. With no shirt underneath. With no shirt, um, and I felt free. Felt One lovely. side unbuckled like one of the Olsen twins in the 90s movie. <laughs> Though I gotta tell you, I was getting a lot of nipple chafe. It was an unexpected consequence. Yeah, there's a metal buckle right there. It boo-boo. was tough. It was tough. I had to keep switching sides. <laughs> But I felt free to be flouncy and gay, which is not always the case, even amongst gay people. Like, I mean, it was a special energy that is hard to come by, and I appreciated having. Yeah, it's a rare and beautiful thing. I think that's why people love Pride Month so much, is because there are infinite opportunities to feel that way, you know, to go and just let it all hang out, if you will. And uh, a lot of people take full advantage of that. They go to a different Pride every weekend. They're at parties. I mean, you know, we rolled up to Palm Springs Pride. You were feeling very gay in your little white overalls. And then we turn a corner and there's people in like full leather gear. There's leather jock straps. Anything went in that crowd. <laughs> if you suppose anything went. <laughs> The past tense <laughs> version. Someone needs to do a spoof musical called Anything Win. <laughs> it's just an old Reno, right? Like reminiscing about who the day has gone by. Uh, <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was debaucherous. Anything went. 
Um, before we left for this trip, I had a post-it note uh, on my computer because I wanted to make sure that I packed three things. And it was the three W's. It was wigs, wine, and weed. <laughs> and I feel like that really describes this week. Check, check, check. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Um, Instagram post this week will absolutely be Mike and I feeling ourselves. And we, we were wig sisters for an entire <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> We didn't name ourselves. We should have. Kimberly was me. Oh, that was the wig. Well, yeah, that was my wig. What was my wig? You named it. I don't remember. How dare you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was all about me. Thank you very much. I don't usually have hair, so mm. it was a special moment for me. <laughs> Our last afternoon there, you know, after all these, you know, going out and parties and the Pride Parade and stuff, we ended up in the hot tub just all together, literally for an entire afternoon, going in a circle talking about like... Afternoon into the evening. We were there for a solid like 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were dangerous for your body. (laughs) The theme of the evening was the theme of the hot tub was childhood trauma. So fun. (laughs) Sounds so awful. But it was it was actually a real bonding moment. We were all just sitting around talking about how our parents, you know, all screwed us up in specific ways. It sounds much more dramatic than it was. I promise. It was just like, I don't know, jaunty conversation (laughs) in a way. It It was was getting to know you. Like, tell me more about, you know, your dad. Tell me more about what your parents did and how they shaped you into who, who you are today. Didn't, I don't feel like it started that way. We didn't sit down. Like, let's have a conversation about trauma. No. Like one of us started talking about an anecdote and one of us was like, Oh, that reminds me of my family. Someone else was like me too. And then all of a sudden we realized that not a single one of us that was around that weekend was free of parent drama. And I just don't, I don't know. I guess I don't hear enough of that narrative amongst 30 year olds and their parents. And it was interesting to see that everybody, everybody has got some kind of crazy parent drama. Yeah. I would say the people in that hot tub were outliers in a lot of way, be- in a lot of ways, because some of the parent drama we were talking about, like stuff we've alluded to with your dad, my parents, like that is in society as a whole, those are probably outliers. Some people do have perfectly boring upbringings and boring parents but uh, i think the takeaway was everyone's got some shit and a lot more people than you would think have some serious drama like successful balanced adults that have like figured out how to navigate life had like went through some crazy shit and came out the other side and we just don't talk about it a lot even if we all are outliers the fact that we're all together makes me think it is universal where it may not be (laughs) I, i don't necessarily think it's universal but i do think there's something about people that come from childhood trauma that that bonds us you know um i i say childhood trauma i had a very happy childhood it was my young adulthood that was traumatic but still it's you know it's it's with my parents um i do think that that's what brings a lot of gay men together um as a community like we all had to come out especially generations before us most of the time it was dramatic or traumatic in some way and so just that like that shared trauma even though it's not the exactly shared it's a shared similar trauma and that bonds a community you know mm-hmm. that is the that lays the groundwork for things like the gay community at large the reason that we have things like a pride parade because everyone had this situation growing up that was so traumatic and they didn't feel like they could be themselves and now as adults they're like I get to be myself and I get to have a fucking parade about it. And I'm going to go do it with people that agree with me and that feel the same way. That is super valid. I will also say that four out of the five of our traumas was not anything to do with being a homosexual, which is super interesting. That is super true. I made it sound like everyone had like, you know, awful parents. Everyone except for me in that hot tub, their parents were 100% supportive. Yeah. Which is also a rare thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Any, any who's as Cam said once. Any who's <laughs> I don't know what that's from, but I do like to say it. Your mouth. (laughs) No, I definitely stole that from someone. All right. Well, as hard as it's going to be to do after such a femi-fabulous weekend, 
can we try and figure out what our gayest moments of the week were? Gay, 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 gay. It's an embarrassing story, but not only is it the gayest, but it also could have been the infinitely gayer. Oh, I mean, I hate that you feel like it's embarrassing because from my perspective, it's not. <laughs> well, there's a couple embarrassing things about it. The literal moment that I'll explain in a second was embarrassing. It was a lot of people involved. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. And then also just like, I thought it was going to be so much easier to get some if I wanted to get some. All the friends around me were like, oh, yeah, open up that grinder grade. Just like go chat with some boys. It's going to be no problem. And man, I tried and it was hard and impossible. <laughs> I, I left Palm Springs without any action at all. Not for lack that's of insane. trying. Yeah, that's the embarrassing part. Okay, well, tell the people the story. So, uh, first day out, all the boys are hanging, and one of them's like, you should, I thought you wanted to have sex this weekend, try. And I was like, on it, seconds later, found it. I was talking to someone on a grinder, super cute. He was like, I only play with my boyfriend. And I'm like, great, I'm so used to couples. This is, this is right up my alley. So let me go clear out my alley and get ready for you. <laughs> Don't say clear out my alley. Oh, man. So we made an appointment and Uh uh, they were right down the street. Like, I mean, a walk away. Couldn't have been easier. Um, I got myself ready. Everyone knows what that means. And if you don't listen to some past episodes. And he was in there for a while. We're like, damn, he's doing surgery or something. I had to stop at a Starbucks bathroom. (laughs) Doing surgery. Um, So prepare myself, which is no easy task. Try and get myself cute, walk down the street. I get there. It's a beautiful Palm Springs house, and there's like 30 gays, and I'm by myself, and that's intimidating. Luckily, it's the middle of the day, and you all have my whereabouts and know where I am. So I felt safe. So I felt like comfortable to do this. We made him share his location with us before he left. Also, crazy that he wasn't like, we're having a fucking rager, by the way. He was just like, come over. It's me and my boyfriend. Oh, and 30 of our closest friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He did invite you guys, but I think we had a... Can you imagine? If you're like, I brought my friends for my dick appointment. I know. That's what I was like. "Um, It's okay. I'll just come and we'll hang out. Uh Giant (laughs) wink. Um, Get there. I messaged, I was like, hey, I'm here. And he was like, I'll send my friend to get you. I was like, okay. Um, so he answers the door and is like, are you here for, let's call him Lane. And I was like, mm-hmm. So I walked through the house and it's a very big house. And in each room was a little gaggle of gaze. I was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. Then I go back out to the pool where there's even more. And I'm escorted to the very back corner where Lane is with his boyfriend. I sit down for a second, do some like, you know, pretty, um, pretty smooth intros I, I was like really trying to exude confidence if i'm gonna be alone amongst all these homos i don't know in speedos like i was proud of myself for getting there that's that's a task um absolutely and rolling up with everyone understanding what you're there for it's like you gotta you, confidence is your only option yeah um so i'm chatting a little with some of the gays around lane and his boyfriend and i noticed right away lane's a little um out of touch with reality at the moment he was just really drunk and I was like, fuck. Um, so It's not fun. No. He was like, you want a tour of the house? He was like, sure, give me a tour of the house. I swiftly realized Lane is in no place to be doing anything, nor was he making moves, which is good for him. I'm glad his uh, drunk self isn't, his inhibitions aren't too low. Sure. But I mean, they were low enough to invite a stranger over and then waste someone's time. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Anyway, I was like, Lane, I'm going to go. Um, if you want to <laughs> chat later, let me know. I, I, like, not only does it look like this is not going anywhere, but I can't, I don't, I, I can't mess with someone that inebriated. Like, no, I that, no, that you, 
made the responsible decision in good conscience. I mean, I probably should have made it sooner. I'm like, why did I even hang out? I saw he was drunk. But like, I was like, I came all the way out here. Maybe the boyfriend will want to do something. I don't know. <laughs> anyone? Anyone? It's kind of that situation. House full of gays. Um, yeah. So I left and walked back to our place with my tail between my legs. And you all were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saw you walk through the door. I was like, oh, he's back. <laughs> That was quick. I really um, had no concept of time. <laughs> yeah, and I had to explain what happened. And I'm like, how on earth did I go through all that effort to just walk home empty-handed? Yeah, empty, empty. <laughs> empty, just <laughs> period. So I tried to just like put it behind me, and I was like, you know what, whatever. It'll happen later if it's going to happen. We went out later, and then I was like, I'll do it IRL, as the kids say. As they say. Um, I was trying to be confident. I like approached a couple of guys a couple of rejections, but a couple like you were turning gray heads. Hair. You looked so cute that <laughs> a night. Couple gray hair. You, you know, you did. You honestly, you, a lot of people were like, "Okay, this is my whole hot take on this situation." In that, it should be easy when a town is full of drunk gay guys to hook up, but a weekend like drunk Pride, gay guys that doesn't sound nice. I don't want to hook up with drunks you know what i mean people that are there to party they're there they're having drinks i don't mean fall down drunk people to take advantage of that is not what i'm saying what i am saying is that it is it is logical to think that you should be able to pull some serious tail in a situation like that because it's everywhere you look however a weekend like pride people have there are events all day every day people are going to specific parties they're there with their friends and not everyone is willing in the middle of a day of a pool party they've been looking forward to to step away for a dick appointment and so like it it feels like it's it's everywhere and but i don't think that you should beat yourself up too much about it because everyone is like in their their gaggles they came here with friends it's going to take a specific situation for someone to be like i'm feeling it right now enough that i'm going to get on grinder and go find myself some tail yeah i mean i was yeah, that's a specific situation, but the the IRL, that was harder. The In real life rejections, I was like, oh, God. I went up to a guy who I thought was so cute. I was like, be confident. We were waiting in a line outside a club together. The only thing you can do is say hello, and the worst that can happen is, you know, get no response, I guess, and the worst happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said something about his outfit, or I don't know. I was trying, just trying to be cute, and he was like, mm-hmm. Like, looked me in the eyes like, and... And I was like, and you have a lovely evening. Yeah. And I walked back up to you guys. I was like, whew, keep looking forward. Do not look behind us. That one was stone cold. <laughs> yeah, it was cold. Oh, Jesus Christ. People are awful. Well, I'm sorry that your gayest moment of the week could have been gayer. Left Palm Springs without, uh, without any D except for my own. But I did have a lovely fucking time. You turned, you turned that frown upside down. <laughs> Cam, what was your gayest moment of the week? Uh... Okay, mine would be that same night that you got unceremoniously rejected on the steps of a club. Um, we were in said club, and I was uh, I was tucking bills. There were there were go go dancers a go go. They were everywhere, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I was tucking some bills. And one of the uh, one of the go go dancers was very enthusiastic in his reception. <laughs> I like I. I was uh, looking up at him and uh, tucked a bill and he wrapped his thighs around my face. And Can I, I got... add a detail for you? I, I was don't... here to watch this. I'm just going to say you were looking up, but you were, your back was to him. So mm-hmm. when you were looking up. He was up... dancing behind me and I looked yeah, up. Yeah, you were like doing a, a little back bend. Yeah. I wasn't like, ba- he was no, up a, on like a, a full one. pool table. I wasn't doing a back bend, but I was looking up. Your head was up. up. Yeah. yeah. And he fully just wrapped his thighs around my face i got a full nose full of stripper taint um and i'm not it's a gross grundle 
it was not gross. It was he was very hot, and it was not gross. I was just looking for alliteration, is all. Oh, (laughs) it was a a a tasty tasty taint. I guess gregarious Grundle's not going to work. Gregarious. It wasn't talkative. <laughs> gorgeous Grundle. <laughs> it was a gorgeous Grundle. You, I mean, it was. What's another word for taint or Grundle? Perineum. Yeah, it was a pretty. pretty per- <laughs> Is it perineum or perineum? Perineum, right? I always get confused on that one. Is it what perineum? Perineum or perineum? I think that's like aluminum, aluminium, aluminium, aluminium. Depends on who you ask. The the British people are going to disagree with whatever we have to say really quick. One time uh, I was at the doctor and it was my doctor here in LA and I... uh, The one with the good finger? Nope. Different doctor. Uh, And I was having him look at something. I had a little... This is way oversharing, but it doesn't matter. I had this little bump on my um, taint and like subcutaneous. Like I was like a little BB. I was like, what is this? this Subcutaneous? Like, yeah, under the skin. That's the word? Subcutaneous? Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Um, and it was this little like bump and I was really worried. It was like a cancer slump and he was pretty much like, long story short, there's no such thing as tank cancer. Don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, I said, I have this little bump on my perineum and, um, I just am worried about it. And I'd like you to take a look. And he, his first reaction was, how do you know that word? I was like, what do you mean? How do I know that word? It's like, it's a body part. I learned it somewhere along the way. I don't really know what to tell you. Head, shoulders, knees, perineum. <laughs> perineum i'm pretty sure let me make that easier for us <laughs> head shoulders knees and taint <laughs> also what do other people say if they have something they want their doctor to look at like could you take a peek at my grundle like i don't know what this area is called but would you... <laughs> i bet you'd be like like the spot underneath my crotch um, um like between my crotch and my um, between my delicious asshole. <laughs> <laughs> between my devil's cave and a hard place <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> So that was my gayest moment of the week. Um, go-go dancers taint very near my face. The only thing the only thing blocking it was a thin layer of Speedo. I'm pissed. I wore a tiny bathing suit all weekend, and you didn't sniff my taint once. <laughs> Should have put that on your grinder profile. It might have actually gotten laid. <laughs> low blow. Come low. sniff my taint. Oh, my God. Ew, ew. Start the journal. Start right now. Head, shoulders, knees, and taint. Knees and taint. Head. Perineum. Perineum. Grundle. All right. Well, we're back in early 2014, mm-hmm. January 9th to be exact. You recently, I will remind everyone, um, didn't tell your roommate that you had bed bugs, and <laughs> we're taking care of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> he looks so proud. You miss Mick and Kick. Oh, that's sweet. You're missing Michaela and Christian in Austin. Are they both in Austin? Oh, yeah. Uh, Kick was visiting Michaela's family when they lived there. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. And um, see, I am not heartless. I had a heartless goodbye, but I'm missing them now. You had, man, Kick had it bad for Michaela because they said goodbye like two weeks ago or something, maybe three, and he's already in Austin. Yeah. Oh, you put, wish I could play. <laughs> <laughs> I have my kite. <laughs> Doesn't fly as well in Philly. Uh, you bought a ticket home for Shin Masterclass? That was my high school. And uh, why on earth would anyone ever trust me to be in charge of children for anything? In I, charge of? Well, yeah, I'm teaching a masterclass. I'm a kid myself, and I'm a master of nothing except for... Okay, so you were invited back what? to te- <laughs> <laughs> teach a masterclass. 
Yeah. So what really happened was a uh, best friend who I've mentioned before, Hannah, um, was, uh, I think she was invited back by, she's kind of like, she was a rising star at this moment. She's just like, you know, on her way to fame. And so my, uh, teacher invited us back to teach invited her back to teach a master class and hannah was like come too and i was like uh, okay so i find myself there i'm talking about like the money i made in my last contract and doing taxes and like how to cult like just terrible shit the kids were like, to high school students yeah i turned on hannah's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait you should mention what a master class is people that didn't go to music school don't even know what master class sure, is. sure so a master class is when someone who is a master of the field like say renee fleming for opera would go and teach uh younger people trying to study the same field. So. Yeah, and a lot of the time that master will sing a song and then invite students up to sing whatever they're working on and mm-hmm. give them like a brief kind of impromptu voice lesson, help it's them feedback. with their technique, feedback, yes, all that all kind of stuff. Public so the other kids can watch and learn. Yes, it's a very I... intimidating thing to be a part of. Probably even more intimidating to lead <laughs> a master of this field. <laughs> this, I mean, no offense, but that is kind of a little bit bizarre. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm... Uh... That's why I think it was Hannah. Hannah just wanted me to like come help her, come sure. like be a friend to support. Yes, but you were a working actor, which to yeah. to high school students is a big deal. Like hearing someone speak who used to sit in the seat that you're sitting in now, it's inspiring. It's a great thing. It's a no wonder why the why your teacher would invite you back, but she didn't invite you to talk about <laughs> like, talk finance. Your fucking ten ninety nine. I know. I was literally like, so sometimes you're gonna work a job for eighty bucks, and then you're gonna. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> Also, <laughs> all these kids in choir are not going to do that. Maybe no. one or two of them yeah, will. <laughs> absolutely. Um, it, uh, shut up. Sing. Just shut up and sing. Being there with Hannah reminded me of my high school time with her. And she had been a star since then. She was a, the lead in all the musicals. And I was a lead in like one of them our senior year, but not consistently like her. And I remember our junior year. I was very mad. Um, our cast list for Camelot. The, Camelot is... Just the worst fucking show the in, the, worst. in the history of musical theater. Our cast list goes up. I don't get the part I think I'm going to get that I want. And Hannah has the lead. And I see her in the hallway, like from afar, like a pretty good distance. Think um, Ryan Phillippe at the top of the staircase and Reese Witherspoon is rising in Cruel Intentions. Wow. But what less sexual. A deep cut. Okay. Is that Reese Witherspoon in Cruel Intentions? Yes. Are you crazy? Sorry. I I think we've talked about this. I've seen Cruel Intentions maybe uh, twice, but like when I was in high school. You are missing out. That is the best trash. Um, And it's Reese Witherspoon. We love her. With Witherspoon. It's Reese Witherspoon. We love her. <laughs> anyway, poor Hannah. Like she's, she's used to getting the lead at this point and she's being very sweet. And I just see her after I see the cast list and she's like, smiles. I had a part, just not the one I wanted. Uh-huh. And I just put on a grumpy face and shook my head and walked the opposite direction no congratulations no nope, punishing her green. yep <laughs> punishing her for for her success she's been like policing your behavior since <laughs> the beginning of time just a full asshole no she didn't police anything i was just being a jerkwad uh-huh. um, most likely to become famous though i do remember you mentioned that on an earlier episode that you were both voted most likely to be famous and did i or was that us in private you definitely mentioned it on here once did i oh well yeah yes and look where i am now um We've got a wildly successful <laughs> podcast. I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> I uh, That's the sign of fame. You got a podcast. You made it, kid. Mm-hmm. You made it, kid. Uh, I was at a wedding recently, and I saw a high school friend, and he was talking about the podcast, and he said that he was home, and he had looked through his yearbook and saw the superlatives of Hannah and I, and Hannah's currently the lead in Wicked on Broadway, and he was like, and you have the podcast? And I was like, oh, dear sweet man, thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is precious. It was so sweet, and it like made my night. Of course, I was like, "Thank you so much." I think that you are officially a public figure after this podcast. A public figure. So. I mean, yes, I've definitely been in public before. <laughs> that's for sure. That's true. I've seen it. Um, you on the twelfth taking care of Winslow. What's a Winslow? A Winslow is another little chewy like dog. Oh, <laughs> it's my roommate in Philadelphia's puppy who I was dog sitting. Oh, you've just been like a chewy dog sitter from the jump. <laughs> it's the best way to be. I want to take care of them and hand them back when I'm done. That's how I feel about kids. Um, <laughs> and me, <laughs> who am I handing you back to San Diego? <laughs> um, oh, and then you had a, looks like a great evening, drank, sang and ate pizza with some friends on South street. Are these the same friends that you got blackout drunk with before your last cruise contract? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, they were lovely. Always just having sing-alongs at their house. The next day, oh, wow, you were doing it up. You're, like, working on your craft. You had a coaching, and then the next day you took Steve's class. Um, Okay, I'm going to read this, and you have to tell me what it means because I have no idea. Saying what you'd call dot, dot, dot with improv lyrics, wrote and performed a pop whimsical song in 10 minutes. Sang a song, picked at random. I got rhythm, sang it to accompanist. <laughs> like that I made up a whimsical song and sang it in 10 minutes. It's a skill I still use. <laughs> You're a, yeah, musical improv. That's so hard to me. So intimidating. I can't even imagine someone being like, write a song and sing it to me in 10 minutes. That's like, it's my bread and butter. It's crazy. Do you, can you pick a melody out of the air? Or it's does... not my bread and butter. Nobody's paying me for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bread and butter. <laughs> my hypothetical bread and butter. Wait, so do you is this melody and lyrics or does someone give you a melody and you make up lyrics to it uh no someone will accompany so we'll get chords and i'll make a melody on top with lyrics okay it's like wayne brady and yeah uh, exactly who wants to be a millionaire what's that song called it's wayne brady and wheel of fortune i said what's that song called what is that show called um whose line is it anyway whose line is it anyway yes. thank you um january 15th you're back up in nyc oh my god what? familiar character alert who, by the way, I'm pretty sure you said on this podcast you never saw again in your life. First line, ran into Merlot at Mamma Mia audition. Oh, my God. <gasps> He's back. Did you see that pretty D? <laughs> <laughs> I have, unfortunately, no memory of this, which sucks because if I did see that pretty D, I'm sure I would remember it. <laughs> um yeah, I guess that makes sense that he'd be in for a similar audition. You didn't stick around long. <laughs> Maybe that's why you don't remember it. Uh, left audition because it's not for me. Needed a Russian split jump. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of them being like, can you just do a, a Russian? You'd be like, yes. They're like, okay, so we're going to need you guys to do this and this. And I just gave him a peace sign and was like, thank you so much for having me. I would love my headshot back. I'm going <laughs> to head home. Those do cost money and I'd like it for the <laughs> Hey, thank you. This one's not for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, I grabbed my headshot and left, but not before yelling back. Hire Merlo. You don't want to miss out on that beautiful Mormon dick. <laughs> I hope he got the job. I'm sure the casting directors were thrilled. <laughs> People have gotten jobs for less. Um, has that happened before where you're just like, you get into the audition, realize what they want, and you're like, I'm not even wasting my time with this? I think this and one other time when I'm when they are, I mean, I will go for it. I will try. I will even try a dance call. But if they're telling me, here's our minimum requirement, and I know I do not have that, then why? I don't want to waste an afternoon or any effort, you know? Yeah. Russian split jump is a pretty... High bar. And I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a like, skill. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Me trying. Can we just like visualize that for a second? <laughs> your, your one leg goes all the way up and the other one. <laughs> my one leg's behind my head. I fall over. <laughs> I break my hip. Again. Um. So before we go away from Albany, there's this weird thing. Albany. At Albany? Albany. Sorry. <laughs> Albany. <laughs> I did say that weird, didn't I? Um, oh my God, which was a 
what were we watching last night? Oh, that oh. new movie on Netflix, Laundry Man. They're like, what area code is 518? I was like, Albany! It's Albany! That's my area code! <laughs> yeah, it was also like uh, all these places and like they were like in Nevis and what? Panama. You've been to all these places. Yeah. It was set, part of it was set in Lake George, which is up by where you live. Oh, like, yeah. It was, it was a very much like made for Mike movie. I know. And also, Meryl Streep was there, who's a close yeah. friend of mine. <laughs> Family friend, Aunt Meryl. Aunt Meryl. Um, <laughs> no, so before we get away from Albany, um, I. I was thinking there's this weird thing about being um, a music major or like a, a, like a recent grad that studied music and your relationship with old music teachers. Like they feel like this is a thing where they want you to come back and like inspire their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, look, someone actually went into music. Like you could too. Um, I had this uh, junior high choir teacher. Actually, he, uh, I, I had a relationship with him through high school. <laughs> that sounded wrong. Mm, go uh, into that. No, <laughs> no teacher-student relationship. He Sorry, uh, very, very, very quick. Go ahead. My um, very conservative aunt and uncle met in a student-teacher relationship as well. Really, it was a sixteen-year difference. She was a student teacher, and he was a principal. Oh my god, that's a scandalo. That is a scandalo for sure. Super happy, lovely relationship, but at the time, oof, drama. I never had that relationship in uh, in high school. Anywho. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, go on. Um, well, I was just gonna say, like I. This when I was a, a music ed major, like he had me back. I think maybe twice to come. He was like, "Come sing for my kids. You can get like because we would get credit for like you know teaching or presenting to uh, as an education major. You know, being in the classroom. Because mm -hmm. he like, can come. I'll give you credit for it. You can come in and and like just bring some rep. Like come and sing. Like I'm gonna come in and sing like Schubert art songs for your junior high kids. Like well, you're so, only a couple of years older than I, like, yeah. I was like 19 or yeah. maybe 21, but still like so bizarre. And there's this weird thing about. About, um, I mean, very sweet to be invited. Like I'm not the, not criticizing That's that how at I all. Felt in the masterclass too. Like, thank you. Yeah, thank you. But um, but also like I don't know that I'm in a place to like inspire these kids. I was like, I don't even want to be an education major anymore. But I'm gonna come be like, you too can go into music. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, that's interesting though, because there is this like I don't know if it's in a strictly performer world or not, but there's this pressure to, um, illustrate my success anytime I go home. Like, but I gone to a high school reunion or just like events with friends or master classes, whatever stuff. And I, it's hard to do when all of my things are, you know, six weeks at a time. How do I, how do I prove to you that I'm, I'm doing well? This is good. Like, did I mention that I went home this, this past week as well? Went to New York. Oh no. All this talk about Albany. We didn't even talk about it. I was just <laughs> there. there. Um, and it, it, that's, I guess why it's fresh on the brain. Cause I've got to, you know, prove myself to everyone from home. And I saw some neighbors that I hadn't seen in years and they were so lovely and they were catching up with us and everyone's kind of saying where they are and they turned to me and I like, I kind of, I'm like talking about the podcast and auditions and stuff. And then there's that elephant in the room of like, but how are you making money? Uh -huh. And I hate to be like, I'm waiting tables. <laughs> Feels terrible. And literally they, I think I did say, I was like, oh, I work at a restaurant or whatever. And there's like a, oh, like a, oh, oh come on. Sorry for you. Well, I get uh, it. Cause like, what do you say? Like you, you're not going to be like, that's cool. And like, uh -huh. what, what else can you say other than, oh, like, I'm not going to disparage you. You got to do what you got to do. Sure. But also like ain't nothing fun to talk about. <laughs> well, there's a thing about having a degree in art, you know, having a degree in music. It's like people expect you to do something with it or, mm -hmm. or there's a pressure when you have when that is your education to be like this is how i'm using it see i told you it was worthwhile to go down this path kind of thing there's innately something to prove because you've chosen a different path i'm also um looking for generous daddies on <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess waiting tables is easy in comparison. Yeah. What are you up to? How do you make money? Uh, mostly my <laughs> Well, mostly my soul. Uh, I mean, it's a legitimate way to make money. <laughs> it is a legitimate way to make money, but I Not argue... super legal, but... Is it anywhere legal? Nevada. Nevada. And also, um, I still maintain that in our current culture, it is easier to say you're a waiter than you are a sex worker. Oh, for sure. Even if that's how you are making money, which is, isn't. We should make it clear. Eh, why? I mean, I guess make it clear because it's illegal, but yeah. like also people do really well and have lovely lives. You sure do. Um, do you know any sex workers? Um, yes, I know one. I also know one. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, not not good talk. I think we need to say a little more. We should say, um, it's a little ridiculous in 2019 that sex work is not legal. The oldest profession. And yeah. we're still puritanical about it. Well, it's the thing is, it's it's like anything else. It's going to happen anyway, and it would be way safer and benefit society to have it be legal and with regulations and some safety precautions for the people doing it. I, I think that um, saying that it should be legal makes a lot of people just cringe because of how our society works people are like why would that ever be legal you know but i built on puritans yeah exactly but i uh i first of all completely agree with you and if you really think about it from a practical standpoint and and you and i i I don't think that we even have to have this conversation because we feel the same way about it but a lot of people have probably never given it a thought why is it illegal why should it be legal um it protects both parties Mm -hmm. um it it's similar to why pot should be illegal and that it generates tax revenue and keeps everything on the up and up. That is a um, great comparison. You know, people that are sex workers, um, by the way, we should define sex work because I think a lot of people consider um, like people that do porn to be that's sex work. Do you consider that sex work? I mean, you are making your living through sex. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I would consider people that are doing porn to be sex workers by definition, mm-hmm. but Normally, when we say sex worker, we mean someone who is making money having sex, not in the porn industry. Right. Um, it does go pretty deep because there are people that are sex workers um, by trade, like a dominatrix who like isn't. Mistress, uh, with Mistress Matisse, who's yeah. a frequent contributor to Savage Lovecast. And some dominatrixes have sex with their clients and some do not. It's um, plural. And the people, <laughs> the people that don't have sex with their, um, with their clients are still considered sex workers because they're providing sexual pleasure. But that's not illegal. It's not illegal for someone to, you know, tie up a consenting adult and whip them and and verbally abuse them or, you know, (laughs) all the things that happen between a dom and a sub that I'm not terribly familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, Check out the Savage Love cast if you want more info on that. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, going back to the the topic of illegality, um, the fact that it is – illegal just drives it into the shadows it puts everyone at risk specifically the sex worker um but also people that are paying for sex people that might be um that might be put in danger by sex workers who don't have to get tested all the time Mm -hmm. by um pimps that can extort them because they're doing Mm -hmm. something illegal um by you know just the general perils of operating on the outskirts of society you know where where you can't call the accountability there's no accountability do you think um do you think that this lack of regulation also stems from, and I'm making an assumption, do you think there's a greater percentage of female or male sex workers? That's like, that's hard to say because it's incredibly prevalent in the gay community. It's also undocumented. So like, how, yeah. could, you, how could we know? And I'm sure someone is doing research on that and probably has the, has the, um, has real numbers around that. I just don't. If the answer is, is a higher percentage in women, it would make sense that like anything else, it's another means to, um, exert male power over women yeah yeah oh of course of course it is and you know 
I would say that like so many things in society, the fact that sex work is illegal disproportionately keeps down women because male sex workers are probably at a lot less physical risk from um, pimps and johns and such, depending on, you know, what the, um, what the situation is. I would say the people that are most at risk are trans sex workers. Mm -hmm. Trans women of color are the most marginalized members of our society. um, Mm -hmm. And the number of trans people who are sex workers by, the fact that many don't have a choice, uh, many are pushed to the to to make money any way they can because the trans... whole system of inequality. Yeah, exactly. Because trans people are so uh, so discriminated against in other areas of our society, um, and it is just this this awful kind of um, scenario that just keeps people down. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I think that sex work in general should be decriminalized and regulated, and um, society would benefit greatly from that. The one person you know who is a sex worker is. Are they a male or female, or how do they identify? Um, it's a it's a woman. Um, I will say I know I know the one, but I know of many men, gay men who are. Um, but that is we go back to the loose term or the loose definition of sex worker. A lot of people who are porn actors, um, I think it's a pretty short leap to become like a, a high end like escort um, or, or you know a sex worker in some way, because there's so many people that are watching your videos that are fetishizing you. Um, and there is, um, there is a, a way to transition into like making that your living, you know, like helping these people fulfill their fantasies. That's interesting too. I bet it's safer for people who are porn stars because there's some kind of accountability for a porn actor. They either have a studio behind them or they, they have a name. So there is uh, more risk for the person that is hiring them to, um, treat them well and yeah there's yeah. more there's, the stakes are higher for them to treat them with respect yeah I, I mean i think so um there's more agency for someone who already has like owned the fact that they are going to make money by having sex you yeah. know and they they have especially in the day of social media you know most of these most of these porn stars are very active on social media and most of them are on our twitter feed oh my god <laughs> you know that people can see who we follow right by the way so <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, talk about destigmatizing sex work. Yeah, absolutely. Mike's, Mike's on a, a real mission. We share the MBFJ Twitter account, and I recently made the <laughs> – I'm never on Twitter. I'm awful at it. And I recently made the uh, bad decision of opening the app in public because we had a notification, and it was just someone getting fucking railed in a bathtub. I'm it's like, sh- Jesus Christ. I'm actually shocked you can – well, Twitter has no rules, right? It's not the no, whole thing. No, no rules at all. And we have like a – I don't think we have like any kind of content filter on there. So, I mean, you can just see – it everywhere on our feed you by the way are the person that followed everyone so uh yeah thank you don't you don't you throw me under the bus like that you i did but don't throw me under the bus (laughs) (laughs) don't you tell the truth like that how dare you a lot of those things are pretty hot i'm just gonna say but you're right every now i forget they're there because it only they like come in spurts oh squirts how dare you (laughs) (laughs) i it's like sometimes i'll open twitter for whatever and i won't i won't see it and then a week goes by and i forget they're there and then i'll open it in front of like my grandma and all of a sudden it's um a guy with three dicks in him yeah three that is logistically difficult (laughs) they call it it the pterodactyl (laughs) (laughs) just don't ask people just don't ask leave that to your imagination (laughs) um the fact that it's so open on twitter is a good start there's uh the more and more um outspoken sex workers are it's the same with anything the the better chance we have of regulating getting some safety and, and accountability and destigmatizing it too destigmatizing. talking about it um, for sure it's not just something that happens in nevada it happens you know all over 
this great country and the world. And uh, it happens dangerously to so many people because 95% of the world, it's, uh, it is illegal. If it was legal, it just doesn't sound like that bad of a gig. I mean, no. I think maybe the biggest struggle that a lot of people would have is um, maybe getting off your feet and having to have sex with people you don't necessarily find attractive. But, but if, if you're attracted. Yeah, and if you can be choosy about it. I mean, it's not that different than being a trophy husband. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's looking for a trophy, <laughs> I'm not saying I am saying, uh, any trophy husbands out there, I'm ready. Can you fund the podcast? Thanks. Any trophy husbands. Oh wait, no, I'll be the trophy. Yeah. Do I need to work out for trophy collectors? Trophy collectors. He's a little hairy. <laughs> I buzzed. <Yeah. laughs> Looks really cute in a, a tiny pair of swim trunks. I got the pics. Oh, you got the pics. Um, okay. Where were we? I, where were we? Who the fuck knows? Um, oh, Albany, where you've been spending so much time lately with Meryl Streep. January 18th, you ate so much crap all day because you're at home. That's what I do. I will I go back to the cabinet every six seconds. <sighs> That's my biggest challenge in working from home is that I will take little breaks. I'll just stand up from my computer and wander into the kitchen. It's like I'm completely unconscious about it. Like I, w- I come to and my head's in the fridge. I'm like, how did I end up here again? Absolutely. I said that to you last night. We were full. We had been drinking and smoking all weekend. I'm like, I need a reward. And it's what, what can I have if not food, weed, or alcohol? I need a reward. I want to reward myself with a substance. Well, I guess that's uh, one of the reasons I love weed at the end of the night. It's like a reward for the day it's it helps me clear my ever buzzing mind especially like if i'm editing this or like just trying to schedule stuff for later i had auditions nothing takes the edge off like a little pot and some good netflix yeah i was listening uh chelsea handler had like a limited run podcast out uh and i was I just love chelsea handler i love her too i'm so impressed with her right now but she uh she's like done a complete 180 from what she used to be as far as like um, just like hard edged, like really tough, like doesn't feel her feelings, like drinks to excess on every occasion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she has become very mindful. She's dealing with a lot of going back to trauma. She's talking, dealing with a lot of childhood trauma um, and how her brother died and she never processed it. And then she had this breakthrough with a therapist and now she's like incredibly empathetic. She did that whole documentary about trying to understand her privilege and how she got to where she is because she used to be like, I worked for this. I got this. But now, I mean, she did work for it, but now. Now she understands yeah, the a combination. That, yes. Well, what I love about her is she's a she is one of very few public figures who like really owns all of her mistakes and her whole self. Whatever she did in the past does not prevent her from being a better person going forward, and she is taking that wholeheartedly. Yeah. And really trying to make the world a better place. Yes, and 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 she has not changed as a human, right? So she used to talk about like kind of no holds barred topics and and was kind of brazen about it and seemed like, wow, I can't believe she's not embarrassed about that. That has not changed. So she's, you know, she her best friend, Mary McCormick, who's been on her shows and, like, she's done specials with all this kind of stuff. Familiar voice with Chelsea Handler, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she's on an episode of this podcast and they're talking and Chelsea's like, what's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done? Like, when have you been, like, the most ashamed of me, pretty much? And she's telling talking about this like Oscars party with all these uh, all these famous people where she got so blackout drunk, Sandra Bullock had to help carry her out of the party. <laughs> That's a story. I know. I want that story. I know. They're like, ah, oh, Sandy Bullock had to help. <laughs> it was like all this. I'm but bless her. Thanks, so, Sandy. So funny, though, that Chelsea's like, yeah, that was not a proud moment, but not a care on her. Like, she's not apologizing for it. She's not like, God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe we were talking about this. It is so inspirational to me that she's just like, yeah, I behaved that way. And I'm not I'm not super proud of it. But I mean, it, it is what it is. It is. It, it's lovely to behold. I actually I think some of those 
those kind of um, anecdotes are easier to uh, joke about and talk about without any, like I did it, I was young, I was drunk, who cares? What is impressive, especially to me, is she's, the way she talks about, she was, she's building her success off of black people. And yeah, she off admits of black that. men specifically. And like, like oh, most of her early standup was based around the fact that she was a pretty white girl who loved to have sex with black guys. Yeah. And she recognizes that. And she talks about how like part of the reason she is where she is, is from those narratives. And she's explicit about it where a lot of people refuse to be, which is just the beginning of <laughs> figuring it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, the reason that I even thought of this though, was because you were talking about how, um, you know, like a little bit of weed at the end of the day really calms your mind. And she swears by it. She barely drinks anymore. I say barely. She doesn't drink nearly as much as she used to. I can't um, drink as much. And, I would much rather smoke. And she she loves cannabis. She's coming out with her own cannabis line. She really loves how it calms her mind. It makes her a nicer person. Mm-hmm. It makes her much more patient with other people when, when she's in parties. She used to be, this is what her friends were talking about. They're like, you would embarrass me because you'd be mean. People would say things and her yeah. her she has such an acerbic wit that like it would really be cutting and she'd just say something mean that meant to be quote unquote funny, but really just mean and then walk away because she had no patience for people. So she'd say a cutting remark and leave. Can I pause you for one second? Uh-huh. You just said acerbic wit and it reminds me, I didn't want to neglect to tell you that I've heard several different people unrelated be like, the way Cam speaks is so amazing. His like vocab, the, like everything <laughs> he knows, I just love him so much. It's because I read too much. I'm just a nerd. I don't know what's normal vernacular anymore. <laughs> wanted you to know that people enjoy you i appreciate that very much (laughs) she would she would say biting remarks and leave the party and people would have their feelings hurt because it wasn't actually funny it was just kind of mean and she now has a lot of things have happened she started going through therapy she's become a much more empathetic person but also the social not even anxiety but like uh her her short fuse socially is much less of an issue she she has she has she has a longer fuse, I guess. Um, but she's just, a, it, it, it really helps her. And she is trying to like tell people like, it's not about getting fucked up. It's about, this is like a natural medication for me. Sure. Um, so let's get through a couple more days in the journal. Eh? Your journal, our podcast, not Chelsea Handler's. Um, went to, okay. January 19th. Went to the moon in 1969. Why do you have so many references for just two words? Even Stevens. Remember that? No. All right. What is it? A show? Was that uh, a Disney Channel show? Disney Channel show. They had a musical episode. Why do you know lyrics? Everybody to knows a mus- that. Every- Everybody knows the Even Stevens musical episode? Uh-huh. You'd be shocked. The amount Bitch, of people. please. Okay. Please, please. I'm putting a poll on the Instagram. Comment if you remember. He went to the moon in 1969. I think more people know it than you than you realize. I think that is a crazy reference. A okay, crazy well, specific reference. We're on, uh, I need... I want to be right on this, so please. I don't think I grew up in a house with Disney Channel like y'all did. Mm. Um, we would get, our cable provider would do like one week a year where we'd get free Disney Channel uh, back when it was premium. It was like to get kids yeah. hooked, you know? So obsessed. Those mm. That one week that we would have it. The real draw for me was Boy Meets World. It was always on. That's that was Nickelodeon. No, they, they had it on Disney Channel for a while, and it was always upsetting because I saw it on, like, the TV Guide channel, which is how you saw what was on. You waited for it uh-huh. to scroll by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the TV Guide channel. Remember that? Oh, I sat those there the and would wait, and God uh-huh. help you if it went into the thousands. Like, sometimes it would wrap right back around. <laughs> TV Guide channel. Man, life uh, was simpler back then. It sure was. Okay, January 19th. Uh, this is a thick entry. Um, you went to NYC. You dropped your bags at Reed's, which is Tara Reed. We've talked about him before. My sister's ex-boyfriend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you drank at Royal for Tara's birthday. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, and the AFC championships. How fun for you. Mm. Do you even know what that means? Something about fighting. AFC? Oh, that's football, right? It's, yeah. I was thinking, uh, what's the fighting one where they beat the shit out of each other? UFC. UFC, yeah. Um, Aaron came. Hi, Aaron. She's making a lot of appearances recently. She sure is. Um, you went and got Mexican and saw 12 Years a Slave. Jesus. After a football game, you went to a very long, very deep movie. Um, Reed gave me the wrong keys, so I stayed it with his neighbors God. <laughs> to charge my dead phone until he came home. Man, the power of a dead phone when communication's cut. I was mm-hmm. trying to contact him. I don't know what he was doing. I think he was drunk with my sister somewhere. I, was, I don't know why I was staying in his apartment either. This is confusing, but couldn't get in. So his neighbors, probably after hearing me bang for a while, were like, hey, can we help you strange man in our apartment? <laughs> they just let you in? Yes. I was like, my phone is dead. I'm explained. And they just like sat and stared at me while I charged my phone and waited to hear from Reed. <laughs> wow. That's kind of them. That I would not do that if I had, I if I had someone banging on my neighbor's door. <laughs> and I don't look trustworthy oh, to tell God. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are a little shifty <laughs> to tell the truth. <laughs> I wouldn't trust me. Um, January 20th, you went back to Philly. Um, Rachel picked me up and we auditioned at a theater. For musical of musicals, um, easy audition, but no callback. Planned a date with Damien for tomorrow. Can I say that name? Yeah, sure. I don't even remember his last name. So okay, great. <laughs> um, Damien, Damien, Damien. Feels like you're summoning the devil. <laughs> the devil's child. The devil's child. Yeah. <laughs> um, side note: I got that show that I didn't get a callback for. Well, how, I got, how though? Poor, I got an understudy for it anyway. What's the Spanish word for how? Como. Como. I always try to say, don't I? That's not right. So wait, how did you get it? Como? Did you get it? <laughs> that's that's correct. Um, don't know. And I got the show though. Okay. Maybe so did she. My roommate got it too. We got it together. It was great. Did she get a callback? <laughs> also no callback. Whoa, that's <laughs> bizarre. Un- yeah, weird. Okay. Uh, I mean, I did nothing. I literally saw the show twice and was given a script to learn and that's literally it. Did you get paid for that? Yeah. Wow. Great. <laughs> In Great. fact, I would think I was rehearsing another show. I couldn't have shown up if someone did call in sick or something. So, again, not trustworthy. Okay, how were you not having full performance panic nightmares, though? Because isn't that the nightmare? Like, you get called in for a show that you don't know, and then you actually have to go on stage for it? Yep. Did you Did you know it well enough no, to go on I, stage for I it? I could not have done it. Um, wow. I, I don't always do that. I've understudied it a few times, and usually I'm prepared. I could not have done this show. My blood pressure just rose. Thinking about that, that is a recurring nightmare for me to this day. I haven't performed in years uh, about being thrown on for a role I'm not ready to do. And that just the idea that you were playing with fire like that is enough to give me a full anxiety attack. Most of the time, if I'm really going to go on, there's going to be some real prep. They're not going to throw anyone on they haven't seen go on. But if you were being paid as an understudy and someone got sick, was it for a lead that you were understudying this? Yeah, it's a four person show. I was understudying the two guys and my roommate was understudying So if one of them came down with strep, they would have no choice but to (laughs) throw you on. Double duty as well. I was understudying all of the men in the show. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't have to go on. Me although, too. what a story that would have been. Uh, final day that we're going to get to this week on this week's episode. Um, it was January 21st, 2014. You tried to gym, but it was closed. You didn't try that hard. Snowy, snowy day in Philly. Oh, you had your date. Date with Damien. I really like him. It was great. Yeah. Dirty Franks for an hour. Is that a date? Is that something that happened? <laughs> <laughs> It was a great date. Dirty Franks for an hour. Um, I, I I hope that's a restaurant. I don't know. Don't know. Uh, we dirty Franked for a full hour. I, I remember being like 
really being into him and him being just the right kind of weird for me. We had a lovely. It was at the six 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 on his scalp. Yeah, <laughs> really did it for talking you. Talking to me about his mom, who was a jackal. <laughs> <laughs> this is the omen that we're referencing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and just like the Bible, right? Is that not in the Bible? It's not in Revelations? Oh, it might be in Revelation. Anyway, I liked him and I don't know what happened. I think I wanted to keep it going. Maybe he was done. But I remember a nice cold day. I was like freezing. My nose was numb. But we were just kind of walking outside amongst the snow together and chatting. And it was lovely. And you leaned over and whispered, can I get your Frank dirty <laughs> for an hour or so? You want to taste my filthy Frank? Oh, well, that's probably enough journal for this week. Mike, we got some pretty special listener mail that we have to tell the people about. I... We'll go ahead and say my favorite listener mail thus far, and we've had some good ones. We got a video of two of our Australian listeners doing our theme song, accompanying themselves on piano. Learned it by ear. Uh Verbatim. I think note for note learned it. The piano was incredible. Yeah. I mean, the singing was great too, but like the piano is much harder to learn. Oh, absolutely. It was... I was very impressed. They were. We we just giggled over our coffee. We were so happy. Totally made our made our day. I feel like we made it. That people are now doing <laughs> their own. It. We've made it. People are covering our theme song. What? Tell my high school yearbook. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Your teacher's definitely gonna invite you back. Is she still teaching? Um. Yeah, but not for much longer. Okay. Well, you're not welcome in that school <laughs> after the content of this podcast, anyway. No, I would be. I think I'd be more mortified of her hearing this than most people, strangely. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Educators dare not enter. Um, but anyway, we just heard back from them. We asked them to send it uh, send it to us so we could post it on our own. And they're going to. They're going to email us. Oh, we heard back? Us. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even. This is like in real time. Well, I didn't see that Yeah, message. we literally just heard back. Uh, they're going to email it to us so we can put it on our social media. Yay. I'm so excited. So when this goes up, we will have a fan video of um, a cover of our of our. Podcast theme yeah, song. They were awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So that was uh, the best listener submission from this week. Also, um, we we just got another roommate story that we asked for for like months ago. They've we're, been trickling in over time. Well, people it, are at different points in yeah, the podcast. At some point, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to really delve into those because some people have had some uh, <laughs> bad roommate behavior and also have behaved poorly themselves and are admitting to it, which I appreciate. And some of it's like very illegal. <laughs> illegal even yeah uh, if we'll, we'll get to that in the, the roommate episode okay um all right mike that does it for today where can people find us if they want more mbfj you can find us on all social media at mbfj podcast that's twitter instagram facebook uh also email us at my best my best friends journal.com i just did what christian did mm-hmm. you do this Soul staying. <laughs> oh god damn it. Uh you can email we, us at we picked a hard acronym. My best friends journal at gmail.com or go to our website, mybestfriendsjournal.com. Mm-hmm. And until next time, Mike, always remember. If they ask you to do a jump split, you're welcome to take your headshot and leave. <laughs> always remember. If you run into Merlot, you suck that dick wherever you are. <laughs> always remember. Whether you call it a taint, a grundle, or a perineum. It only costs $5 to sniff. Worth every cent. <laughs> <laughs>